Welcome to the Creativity Algorithm Podcast, the show that helps people and businesses have good ideas more often. Now here is your host, psychologist, author, and public speaker, Joe Swope. I have yet another confession to make, and this one's going to reveal yet another layer of my nerdiness. I have always been fascinated with robots. When I was a boy in the heyday of the 1980s personal computer revolution, it seemed like anything was possible. We had calculator watches. We had TV shows with talking cars. And my friend and I found a way to get our computers to talk to each other via the telephone line. Maybe nowadays that doesn't seem like such a big deal, but trust me, in the 80s, that was huge. Now, going back to robots, at the time, I really only thought in terms of how cool would it be to have a robot do my chores for me. Again, remember, I was kind of young. I was still a boy in the 80s. I mean, I didn't want to tell anyone about that. Maybe I thought it would cheapen the idea of something so cool. And again, there's the irony. Is a robot cool? Well, if you're a nerd, of course a robot's cool. I still am fascinated with robots, but I think I understand my reasons a bit better now. It comes down to will. Although I couldn't articulate it at the time, I thought a robot would be an extension of my will. It would be a tool that I could use to impose my will in ways that I couldn't without it. Later, my interest morphed into questions about the will of the robot. Could a human create will in something other than the human? Would it be ethical to create will in a robot and then deny it the full extension of that will? What about teaching a robot to have good ideas more often? Okay, enough of that. That is a rabbit hole that I have absolutely no business exploring. Although I'm curious, I don't have the knowledge to do a good job exploring that. That's going to be kind of a theme of today's episode. Do you have to have the right knowledge to have the right thoughts? Okay, well, going back to my childish ideas of building robots, it's with loving affection and admiration that I say I blame my dad for this curiosity with robots and building things. He was just as bad as me regarding not just science fiction nerdiness, but also re-asking the question, what if? It wasn't just philosophical musings that he gifted me with. He was a tinkerer, and he let me, he taught me, and he encouraged me to tinker. We had a workbench with what seemed like every conceivable tool there was. Much of my tinkering, though, happened outside and mostly consisted of making and remaking clubhouses by pounding in as many nails as I could into scrap lumber that happened to be leaning against the tree. But I would often come back to robots. I tried and tried. I tried to take the knowledge I had from a little electronics playset that taught about circuits, lights, and buzzers into making a robot that would roll all by itself. And, of course, I was fueled, my imagination was pumped up by Saturday morning cartoons and endless comic books that made creating a robot seem so easy. At one point, I think I actually got a small wooden frame to move by using parts from a remote control car that I had. Now, each failure of mine to make this robot, I know what my imagination wanted, But let's face it, I was using the equivalent of like thumbtacks, popsicle sticks, scotch tape, and rubber bands. And I just couldn't make my dream robot happen. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you might wonder, well, what was the problem? Surely I was engaged. 
and I must have been pleasantly relaxed, isn't relaxed engagement a guarantee for a good idea? Well, there are few things that are guaranteed about the human mind, except for this. I guarantee that I can get the answer to what's two plus two to pop in your head. Sorry about that, kind of a cheap trick. But wouldn't it be great if good ideas were that easy? Like we could just easily trick them into jumping into our consciousness? Well, two plus two equals four, Compared to good ideas, to having a good idea from your unconscious, that's like comparing apples to a seven-course dinner. It's just a completely, not only different conversation, it's a different language. Again, back to me making robots. I think the relaxation was there when I was tinkering. And again, remember we talked about in previous episodes, relaxation doesn't necessarily mean sitting on a couch. It could be the feeling an artist gets after she sits down with her easel and is ready to paint. Tinkering for me was and still is fun and relaxing. Now, of course, I mostly tinker with words and ideas. So while I was relaxed, I don't think I had the right engagement. I was trying too hard. But that wasn't the real reason that I didn't make any progress on my robot building. The real reason was I had no knowledge, no experience, or really any idea of how to begin. One of the main themes of the creativity algorithm is that relaxation, coupled with the right type of mental engagement, will create a mental environment that allows good ideas to be assembled from what you know by the unconscious. It sounds great, and it is great. It feels great to be relaxed, engaged, and have an idea materialize into your consciousness with a sense of wonder and dopamine. But I don't want to paint a picture that all a person has to do is relax, be mentally engaged, and a good idea will just magically appear. What my young mind didn't realize was that you actually need not just some knowledge, but a lot of knowledge. Very few people can have a good idea that falls outside of their area of expertise, their area of study. Don't believe me? Well, why haven't you or I made a time machine to go back and review and maybe relive some of the best moments of our lives? Don't say time paradox. If you knew enough about time travel, you might have an idea that avoids the time paradox while still letting you do what you want to do. Well, the simple answer is that neither you nor I nor anyone else has gathered enough knowledge for their unconscious to put it together as a good idea. This episode has mentioned toys and childhood imagination. Let's go a step deeper down that road. Let's say that bits of knowledge are like Lego pieces and under the right conditions, your unconscious will play with them and put them together in new and amazing ways. But if Legos are knowledge and there aren't enough of them in your unconscious, then there's gonna be a problem. To put it simply, your unconscious can't play with what it doesn't have. Maybe I should go back and rewrite the earlier episodes. Maybe instead of starting off with relaxation and sophisms that make people do a mental double take, like how would you bake crustless bread? Could you design an oven that would bake crustless bread? Or would you need a specific type of pan? Sorry about that, I got a little distracted. I just kind of think that's a cool sophism to try to envision how that would happen. How can that be done? Okay, let me get back on track. Maybe if I did have a time machine, I could go back to the first episodes of the creativity algorithm, rewrite them, and start with the idea and say very clearly that if a person wants to have a good idea in a certain area, they better know a lot about that area. 
The idea of a eureka moment, a good idea just floating down out of the blue and landing on a person, a million dollar idea just landing on a person with no experience, is kind of like winning the lottery that you didn't play. So you do have to invest in yourself. You do have to have the knowledge to have the good idea. You need to have the Lego pieces to assemble them in new ways. Having said all of that, let me have an academic note. So here's a side note. There is a debate in the scientific literature about this. Some suggest that creative individuals can apply their creativity to many domains. Well, other researchers, other experts suggest that creativity, kind of what I just said, is domain specific, that you need to work in your area to have that good idea. You know, as you know, I like metaphors. The best athletic performances often come from those who are experts and who work at their craft. So, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Of course, the counter argument is, but the best athletes can often switch sports fairly easily. So which is it? Is creativity limited by the domain? I think to some extent, yeah. You know, if, if it would be easy, I'd love to create a time machine. But in order to give the counterpoint to that, let me pull back the curtain a bit about how I kind of come up with these episodes for the creativity algorithm. I like to think that I know a lot about creativity and about psychology. I think that my research and reading helps me have a mental and emotional environment that allows my unconscious to frequently put together these raw components of the research I've read in interesting ways. But as much as I think I know, I'm often humbled, I mean very often humbled I don't want to use the word humiliated because that's a negative connotation, but I do want to suggest that, man, sometimes I'm intimidated by how much I don't know about creativity. As I read and research, I find more and more interesting articles. When I read them, I feel like an imposter. How did I not know that? I have a podcast about this stuff. I'm writing a book about this stuff. I've spent years reading and reading and reading. I have this idea and then I come across something by someone I never heard of and oh my gosh, how do I not know it? Then to make things even worse, I look at the reference section of the article or book that I just found and I see the zillions or so sources that they cited that I haven't yet read. Then I try to read all of those sources. Then I get frustrated. Then I get down on myself. And can you say holy imposter syndrome? So what's a psychologist to do when he gets frustrated because he cannot gather all of the Lego pieces at once? Well, I think again, let's exhale. Let's find that alpha state. Let's use our unconscious to reframe. Reframing is a concept from cognitive psychology that simply means looking at something from a different point of view. Each time I learn something that I didn't know, I shouldn't think of it with shame and fear, like with the imposter syndrome. I should look at it like I just added one more Lego piece. So really, instead of looking with trepidation and fear of all the books and articles I haven't yet read, I should look with excitement at all the books and articles I haven't yet read, because that's how I'm going to get the raw material that will hopefully help me build my next good idea. As I write this paragraph, I wonder if the takeaway at the end of this post should be to encourage you to learn as much about your domain as possible so your unconscious has the knowledge to put together a good idea. Kind of like, and you've heard of deja vu, what we're really looking at is vu jade. That <laughs> I did not make that up. If you don't believe me, search for it. 
Vuja day, if deja vu is thinking something happened before, vuja day, I'm not going to say it's the opposite. I'm going to say it's the reciprocal. It's th using an idea that hasn't been thought of before, whereas deja vu, something you think happened before, actually didn't. Sorry, I got a little distracted on Vuja Day. Let me go back and kind of re-talk about the takeaway. Should you or should I make it our mission in life to fuel our unconscious, to feed our unconscious, give it as many Lego pieces as possible? Or should the takeaway from this episode, should we encourage you, myself, and whoever's listening to practice the creative skills we've been working on? What's the bigger driver? What's the priority? to gather more Legos, or to assume we have enough and let ourselves, let our unconscious play with them. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is creativity like the scientific method that can be applied to any subdomain of science, such as chemistry, biology, and psychology? Chemistry, biology, psychology, physics, these are all sciences, but they're related. Why are they related? Of course, the content's different, but the method is the same. Science doesn't depend on what you study, it depends on how you study it. For instance, a survey is more scientific than a fancy brain scan if the survey is designed and used well, and some reckless researcher says, well, just because they have a fancy machine, they're doing science. Okay, well, that last paragraph got a little too deep into the academic woods. So let's go back to the idea of playing. Let's give your unconscious a sophism to play with. Pretend you were about to write some code that would become the basis of your robot's mind. But you don't want it to be an unthinking servant. You want the robot to think for itself, have good ideas, and have free will. So you write a bit of code that programs the robot to not follow its programming. That will give it free will, right? But isn't the robot simply following instructions not to follow instructions? Takeaway for this week. Work on your robot. Try to make your robot creative. How would you do it? Can you program a robot to be more creative than you? If you're not sure, then ask yourself this. The people who make creative tests, are they the most creative people in the world? How can, and I'm going to stereotype here, bear with me, how can a boring academic cognitive psychologist make a test to measure an artist or a musician? If you think maybe it is possible for someone who's not creative to make a test to measure someone who is more creative, well, then why can't you make a robot that's more creative than you? Okay, well, after you think about that, you know, of course, the goal is to not just think about it now, oh, hopefully you are relaxed when you're listening to this, but if you're not, why don't you find a few minutes? No, I'm not going to let you find a few minutes. Why don't you make time? Please schedule a few minutes to yourself several times this week where you can just relax and ponder. It doesn't have to be about robots. It doesn't have to be about crustless bread. It doesn't even have to be about time travel. But finding time to sit and think, doing that just might encourage your unconscious to put together the bits of the knowledge you've already accumulated in ways you haven't thought of. All right, spreading the thoughts. Ask your coworkers or even post on social media. Post a quirky question. If you could program a robot to do one thing, what would it be? If you get people who are interested and try to answer that question, please encourage them to listen to the creativity algorithm. 